Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right. Um, welcome to the Run.Down, Strickland's postgame show. I'm Frank Barrett, 119, as y'all know who frequent here. Um, Schwinn's going to be in here shortly, but I figured everyone wants to go to bed. And once again, there's really not that much to talk about here. Um, the Knicks didn't make anything. I, I I don't know what else there is to say. The Knicks lose to the Kings, 122-117. And look, I mean, you're just not going to win games in this league when you're 13 of 50 from three when you're 20 of 31 from the free throw line, like they missed 11 free throws, those two numbers, that's the game right there quickly. And Randall and RJ were like a combined, see the quick math, 10 for 34, 18 for 56, 18 for 56. You're not going to win games when you do that. And this wasn't just, this wasn't the Hornets. They were on the road against the number two seed in the West. Um, I, I, I mean, I can't even be critical of like the team in terms of like effort. I, I thought the effort was there. I thought, I, I mean, I, aside from like, you know, some Randall defensive plays, which are becoming more and more normal these last few games, I thought everybody really worked their ass off defensively. I, I thought it was a good performance. Um, they were dying over those screens. They were, they were flying around them. Like, you go and rewatch those dribble handoffs. They were trying, you know, uh, RJ struggled with it a little bit. They were really attacking RJ Keegan Murray got a couple of looks on those dribble handoffs. But aside from that, I mean, quickly Hart, Grimes deuce when he was in those guys were, those guys were blowing those plays up. I mean, this, from an effort standpoint, this wasn't bad. And honestly, from a process standpoint, it wasn't all that bad either. Um, it just, you just have to make shots in this league and they still scored 117 points on the back of how many offensive rebounds did they end up with? 23 offensive rebounds, six by Mitchell Robinson, eight by Josh Hart. What a, what a game by Josh Hart. I mean, he, that's who we should really lead off with. That's he, he deserves, he deserves just all the props, nine points on four shots, 15 rebounds, seven assists, three steals. Just what a, what a performance. Um, He's been, he's been terrific. Um, He's been just everything we could have hoped for to only give up a first round pick for him. Um, But I mean, the interesting thing is, and this isn't like negative about Josh Hart, but you, you know, you get down the stretch and you see why, you know, the Knicks got him for so little because he had multiple catch and shoot threes that he just wouldn't even put up because they were not completely wide open. Um, Again, not a criticism of Josh Hart. This is just who he is as a player. Um, I mean, I don't want to bury the lead. I, th- I think Quinton Grimes should have been in there at the end. I don't, I don't care who it was for. Uh, it could have been for Quickly. He was terrible, as I mentioned earlier. Could have been for RJ. RJ wasn't very good. Uh, definitely should have been for Josh Hart. I'm just saying, like, you can't, you just can't have that little shooting out there. It's just, it's going to be tough. Uh, Schwinn, I've been talking for a little bit for a th- few minutes. What did you think of the game? Um, I think if you had told me before the game that Jalen Brunson was only play one half. And the Knicks had lost by five. I would have been like, okay, I get it. But that's not how basketball games work. Um, I don't know. I, it's a it's a weird game. Um, 
quickly didn't make any shots tonight. He made one shot. Um, I I think it's actually kind of weird that like that he trusted him over RJ towards the end of the game. To be honest, like I, I thought that was very weird. Um, I thought it was weird that like Grimes didn't play until the very very end after he had cashed two super clutch threes. I don't know. It, it was a weird game. Um, I don't know. I, I have a lot of like, I'm, I'm trying to just like balance what I think are reasonable thoughts and like emotional thoughts. Um, right. Uh, I'll say this. Like I, I thought this was a game to me. I thought this coming into tonight. I didn't tweet it. Cause like, I don't really want to, cause I don't want to like, like, would this have been a game where the Knicks would have won it if they had played Obi and Randall to get the four and five? I don't know. I have no idea. I don't think so. Maybe not. Maybe not. That that that's probably the best way to put it. It's like I have no. Even if I say yes, they would have. I have no way to prove that. But like, this is the type of game where you probably should have tried it. And considering how ineffective the Kings were. In terms of like, honestly, anything defensively, I think it would have been worthwhile. But like, we didn't, and um, I don't know. It just it, it's a weird game, and um, you know, look, I'll, I'll put it this way: quickly has to play better. Like, I love the guy. I think he's a starting caliber player. This is a terrible performance from him. At the same time, it's like if he's having a terrible performance, why are you riding him the way you're riding him? And I don't understand that part of it. Um, I think Deuce got seven minutes tonight. I don't know what the hell he was. He was like plus whatever the hell he was in it. I don't think that means that like Deuce was the reason that he was some driving like reason for the success when he was on the floor. But like, I, I just, I always will struggle with this part of it where it's like, the Kings were not punishing you in the glass. And in the second half, I think the Knicks tightened up their defense. I, To be honest, I'll say this. I don't think the Knicks defense in either half was actually that bad. Yeah, I thought they I were agree. pretty... I, th- I think the Knicks defense in both halves were like pretty solid. In the first half, the Kings made more contested threes than they made in the second half. Like Malik Monk, for the first three quarters of the game, looked like God. He, he was amazing. Um, and then he stopped making contested bullshit shots and then he looked like Malik Monk. So, you know, it is what it is, but like, they, they just were not contesting the Knicks at the rim the way that like, I think it dictated the idea that you needed to have a true five on the floor at all times. Um, at the same time, playing Hart when Hart was in. Hart was good tonight. Hartenstein, I mean. Not not just Josh Hart was awesome tonight. He was amazing yeah. tonight. Um, but Hartenstein, Hartenstein was not – he was fine tonight. I thought he was good tonight. Um, if you felt the need to have a five on the floor tonight, especially down the stretch, I think that was misguided. Um, that's all I would say. I just want to uh, – I just want to bring it back to quickly for a second because – 
somebody made a really interesting comment to me and they were basically just like, you've been calling for Tibbs to trust quickly for a while now. And like now Tibbs is trusting quickly and you're criticizing him. And I feel like there's pretty clearly uh, two factors in play here that um, negate that point. Uh, The first is that that's not an issue anymore. Tibbs clearly trusts quickly. I don't think that like if, quickly didn't close tonight we would have been like oh god does tibbs trust quickly like that that ship has sailed tibbs clearly likes and trusts quickly and the second thing is there's a very extenuating circumstance of the fact that quickly played 55 minutes in a game like three nights ago well i mean i think look at what what did rj randall and quickly shoot from three tonight combined i know i know quick and rj combined were two of 16 what was randall tonight Jesus, two of two of twelve. So they're four of twenty-eight. Like, I, I'm not. Trust me, this is this is because I, I I'm not going to back off this. Like, I had no problem with Tibbs running those guys into the ground, basically, in that Boston game because I thought that was a game that felt like that felt just felt like a really critical game for a lot of reasons. I'm never going to criticize him for playing him playing them the minutes he played them in that game. What I would say is when you play the minutes in that game that you did, you do that, in my opinion, anyway, um, with the understanding that like when you play a team like Charlotte specifically, you're going to play them less. And right. he didn't do that. He he kind of like rode them into the ground again in the fourth quarter, and he did again tonight. And like this is the type of stuff we saw last year in that 3 of 17 stretch. To be clear, I am not saying this is going to be that 3 and 17 stretch. I, I would... I'm very skeptical of that. Um, but like the point is more that when guys don't have it, it's okay to just not play them in those situations. And to me tonight, quick didn't have it. He didn't have it. It's not like, it's not just me. I think anybody that watched the game would have said that he didn't have it. Um, so I, I wouldn't have had any problem with him not playing quick tonight at the end of the game. I I was saying that in real time in our, in our discord, I, I had no problem with him. I would have had no problem with him playing, not playing quickly tonight. I would have not playing. I would have had him not. I would have not had an issue with him not playing quickly at the end of the Charlotte game either. Like, and not just quickly. Randall, RJ, the, like uh, RJ probably is a little bit separate because I actually think he played. I don't want to say he played really well tonight, but like I thought he he gave them something that they did not get from anybody else tonight. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Um, his driving, his like ability to just put pressure on the rim. And that that's the reason why, like in general, like broader spectrum, I, I don't want to give up on RJ. Like he gives you an element that you just don't get from anybody else on the team. Um, But like, you know, I don't know. And, and this is, I'll be honest. Like, I don't, I don't like making this a, a Tibbs loss. Like, I don't think this is a Tibbs loss. I, I, I think this, yeah, th- this is a loss of like, what, the Knicks probably outshot them. How many more shots, shot attempts they had tonight than, than the Kings? Like the Knicks out, attempted out, 117 more. They attempted 17 more. 17 more, 101 to 84. Yeah, yeah like like you just lost the game because you just couldn't make shots. Um, so I don't think this is a tip loss. I just wonder if there's like, hey, Grimes is making shots, quickly isn't, and the way they were running the offense on the stretch, it's like. Okay, you're just gonna run it through Randall. That's fine, especially on a night like tonight. Like I, I, I really don't have a problem with that. 
I don't know, like tonight. Um, then then maybe just put Grimes in the game. That can be at the expense of quickly. I would have been fine with that. That could be at the expense of anybody. And I would have been fine with that. Like I, I really didn't have a problem with with that part of it. It was just it's just like you know, it is what it is. Whatever. I, I it's annoying. It's an annoying loss. Uh, it's also a loss where like again, we're gonna look back at this. Like we talked about, we'll probably look at the shot quality and we'll probably be like, well, well, the Knicks should, probably should have won this game. And I'll say this. If the Knicks play the rest of their West Coast games like they played this game, they'll be fine. They'll be fine. Um, but, like, this is an annoying loss. And we can sit here and talk about, like, quickly play like he also uh, Quickly shot like crap. Quickly shot like crap. He played like crap offensively. Do I think he was a terrible player tonight? No, I don't. Um, I think he was just, just like his defense is always just like I was saying before you got on the main hub of the Kings offense, aside from De'Aaron Fox is Sabonis at the top of the key running those dribble handoffs. And I actually thought Grimes Harden quickly did a great job of multiple oh, yeah. defenses on those. Like when, when you defend their offense like that, like it's tough to be really bad. And the fact that like quickly came close to being bad, just sort of shows just how, woeful his offense was which has been more and more rare for him recently but um i, I mean yeah, also, i mean, I, I, I thought i thought specifically his offense was bad tonight because he was tentative that's what i think like i thought he was really tentative tonight because he missed his first few shots and then from that point on he was like he went like i think is in the first half his his stint he went like oh for five mm-hmm. um and i i thought like he let that affect how aggressive he was he took one yep. shot inside the arc in the second half, which was like not a particularly good shot. But like, like it's one of those things where it's like, hey man, you have to be able. And this is what's awesome about Brunson, and why like even well, I'll get mad at Brunson during these stretches. But like, Brunson can Brunson has games where he goes like two of ten or whatever the fuck it is inside the arc, but mm-hmm. that doesn't affect his aggressiveness. That doesn't affect like his willingness to search for shots and i thought there was a period of the game where like quickly basically just decided i'm not gonna i'm I'm not gonna look for my shots anymore because i'm missing and like that's not okay with me that's what's not okay with me i'm okay with missing shots i'm not okay with your process of why you're missing shots or how it affects like the rest of your performance and that's that was my issue i also had a huge like the last three took was a joke he took this three he had Grimes wide open. Like that, that's one where it's just like, just make the extra pass, dude. You got Grimes wide open in the corner. It was 106 110 when he took that shot. 106 110. He takes his three. He has Grimes wide open in the corner. Like Grimes probably could have taken that three. I mean, he had made his last two. Who knows if he makes it or not? But like process wise, you make that pass. Um, and I had a problem with that. But like, you know, I don't want to turn this into like a so quickly thing. Like this wasn't just a quickly thing. Um, you know, I, I thought I didn't like the way Mitch started the game against, against Sabonis either. Like, and I, I think this is a thing that Mitch has to figure out. Like, I understand you aren't, you don't want to foul guys, but he has to figure out how to like defend post players and balance. Like, okay, I don't want to foul them, but I also need to contest their shots. And he just let Sabonis get into like deep post position way too easily multiple times early in the game, especially and early in the second half. Um, 
and it's like you know those those are issues but you know look 122 117 you lose to the kings on the road it's not a horrific loss it's not like a terrible loss but what it does do is you have got to get one of these two on the weekend you have to get one you got to get one at the minimum you got to get one if you don't get one that's a big problem if you end up with this week 0 for 4 that is bad one one and three okay you can live with that two of two we're chilling but 0 for 4 unacceptable unacceptable that'd be an unacceptable week um that said Knicks did not lose any ground Nets lost tonight and Miami lost yesterday so they are exactly where they were at the start of games last night um but like the big concern now is, is Brunson healthy? Is he going to play this weekend? I don't know. I have no idea. I would like to believe that if they needed him to play, he would have played tonight. Uh, I mean, he did play tonight, obviously. But, like, w- would he... I mean, is he going to play this weekend? I don't know. I have no idea. And if he's not going to play this weekend, then we really need quickly to figure it out. Because... Look, I understand. Like, th- this is part of the struggle for a young player. Is like, yes, you got rode into the ground to some extent on Sunday. I get that, and I do think that played a part in like how ugly his threes were tonight and how ugly they've been like the last couple games. Um, it looks like a guy that's like really feeling the legs right now. But you know, we can sit here and talk about what it is. It doesn't really matter why he has got to get it together. They've got, he has got to get it together the next couple of games because they need him. They really, really need him. And we saw tonight, like they cannot win games. If he does not just like, if he doesn't produce, they can't win games because as bad as RJ and Randall were tonight, they at least gave you something. They gave you something. Like, I don't know what the hell they ended up with. I would imagine RJ and Randall ended up like somewhere close to like a point per shot. Attempt, but um, yeah, RJ had twenty five points on twenty three shots, and Randall had twenty three shot twenty three points on twenty two shots. Yeah, so like if 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 quickly even gets you like if he makes two more threes, I mean I'm not saying that that's this is not this is not how it works. It's not like you win the game because that changes the entire game right. state, whatever. But like you're in you're in the ballpark then you're in the fucking ballpark and. He can't like these one like this is what I thought we were beyond and like I know like I know I know I know that great players have terrible games. This is not just like and and quickly is not a great player yet, but even great players have terrible games. But like we cannot if if especially if Brunson is out this weekend, this can't happen. We can't have a one of eleven for three points like that can't happen. It just can't. So, um. That what that was my takeaway from the game. It's just like we were really fucking close, and they battled, man. They fucking battled, and I mm. love this team for that. Like, and, and even quickly, like I look, he he shot like garbage from three. He battled, he battled all night on defense. All of them did, honestly. They they all did. Like I, I thought, Julius, his legs except are for, except Randall. <laughs> even Randall, man. I I I'll I'll give him this. Like I just don't think he has it right now. Like he, that's fine. He, he he has gotten a, he's got a lot of minutes on his legs. Yeah. 
I'm okay. I, I'm giving him the pass tonight. I'm giving him the pass tonight. I'm giving him the pass for the last game. To me, it looks like a guy that's really just like feeling it. I I I think I let's just see what happens this weekend. If Brunson doesn't play this weekend, we need a big quickly performance at one point. If you go one and three this week with Brunson basically playing a half a game, okay. But you need quickly quickly has to show up. And I will say this. Grimes shot well tonight. I need to see more from Grimes. I need to see more from him. Like he like there was that possession. It was eight. Yeah, I I know the possession that Schwinn was about to talk about. It was Grimes had hit two threes and then he missed one. And they come down the court and Grimes gets another good look. He gets the ball off the catch and he says it's in. And literally twice the ball found his hands and he was gun shy because he had missed the last time down. And you just don't want Grimes to be gun shy ever. Um, I, I thought he did a better job of that, of just pulling tonight, but still him and quickly were very clearly off of a miss for Grimes. And then when with quickly off of all the misses, they just weren't, they weren't their usual free confident selves in those moments. And they need to be, um, it's essential that they, uh, it's essential that they're shooting because, you know, the Knicks don't really have, as, as we saw tonight, the Knicks don't really have classic, spacing the grimes and quickly are actually their two best spacers which is pretty crazy to say um or at least in quickly uh quickly spot but uh while schwinn's reconnect uh reconnecting let's do the ad read real quick which is annoying but whatever um the nba season is heating up and there are still so many unknowns will the knicks make a three next time let's <laughs> on saturday against the clippers that is certainly an unknown um, when I'm looking to get in on the action, I bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Uh, download the app now, sign up with code TBPN, place a $5 pregame money line bet on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code TBPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age, yada, yada, yada. All right, you know what? Um, let's just get to some comments. If I'm going to ride solo, I'm just going to do this with you guys. We've actually got more people in here than I expected at this time, so kudos to you. I'm just going to fire off the comments and interact with you guys. Just so say whatever you want to me, and I'll, until at least until Schwinn gets back here, I'll, uh, I'll, do, I'll do my best. Oh, Schwinn is back. All right. I lied. Um, I think I, I think I completed your thought, Schwinn, because I, or not completed your thought. Obviously, I'm not inside your head, but I, I, I know exactly the Grimes possession you're talking about when he got multiple good looks from three and he just didn't pull. Um, it was after the offensive rebound on the on the two. The, so Randall misses a pair. They get the offensive rebound. Hart gets the offensive rebound. Hart and Stein kicks it back out to to Grimes, and he's just like dribbling out there for. And I'm like. If you're gonna just dribble out there, give it to Randall. Otherwise, just do something with it. Um, but look again, when you play young players a lot in your rotation, these are things you got to deal with. 
Um, so am I pissed they lost the game tonight? Yeah, I am pissed about it. At the same time, like you went into one of the dominant home court places in the league this year. You lost by five points on a night. You didn't have your best player, your best shot creator effectively anyway. Um, it is what it is. Um, it's okay. It's an okay loss, but it's like we can't keep – you can't keep piling up okay losses. That's the best way to put it. Uh, you can't. And hopefully the King, uh, hopefully the Cavs do a solid tomorrow, and they beat Miami again. That'll keep us four games up on them in the loss column. But, like, you got to keep winning games. You got to keep winning games. Um, that's the key. And, and again, this is, this, why, this, this is why the Hornets game was so important. Like, a bad loss like that makes these games slightly more, you know, must not must win, but you, you just, when you win the games you're supposed to win, these losses become more acceptable. Yeah. I mean, it sucks that you were like 10 games above 500. And we're sitting here like bitching about, <laughs> Right. I mean, I, I get it. Like, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you. It's just like one of those things. Um, I, I'm, I'm still like pretty ambivalent about the Hornets loss. I think like sometimes that just shit, that, that shit happens. And I'm not even entirely sure. Like, you know, I, we talked about it after the game where it's like, yeah, we would have loved to see Obi and Hart or Obi and Deuce play more. Would that have won us the game? We don't know. There's no way to know it. Um, but like tonight, I, I I'll put it this way. It was 96, 96 Knicks tied up. I believe, I believe the Kings called the timeout at 96, 96. Maybe I'm wrong on that. I just know Fox hit a contested three to make yeah, it. And I, I, and I, I would have liked to call a timeout there. That's what I thought in real time. Like in real time, I thought, might've been a good time to get a timeout and just like talk about some shit there. Cause they had brought back in their big guns. It was like Fox and Sabonis came back in then. Um, again, would that have changed the game? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe it plays out the same exact way. I don't know. Um, so we can sit here and talk about like Tibbs, but like, I, I don't really think this was, again, I, I really have no I'll never argue this was a tip loss. What I would argue is that, like, would I have liked to see a couple of different things? Yeah, sure. But I have no idea if that would have won the game or not. Um, I just, I, yeah. I, I hate that, like, like earlier tonight, you, you had a tweet that was on point where you were like, Randall's been great all season. He was bad on both ends on the, on, in the first quarter. Like, it's kind of annoying that you have to preface it. Like we all know Randall's been great. Like, why does everybody think there's like an agenda? Like, shouldn't we be able to talk about things like, Oh, Hey, maybe Tibbs. Like I get it. I get, especially with us, we don't have a lot of credibility with being sort of light with Tibbs because let's be honest, we've been some of them more, but at the same time, like it shouldn't, we should be able to talk about like some things Tibbs has done different, could have done differently without being like, Oh, this loss is solely on him. Like it's crazy. It would be crazy to say this loss is solely on Tibbs because we literally just said Randall, RJ and quickly were four of 28 from three. 
And like you said, like it doesn't work like this, but six of 28 from three and okay, they score one more point than the Kings. Like (laughs) how could that be on Tibbs? But like this loss not being on Tibbs and hey, maybe Quentin Grimes should have played in the final five minutes besides one possession. I, I don't think I don't think those two ideas are mutually exclusive. The the Grimes thing especially is bizarre to me because he like he was four or ten from three tonight, um, and he just played well. Like he just played well. Forget the shooting numbers. Like he just played well. I thought for the most part. I mean, he had that pass to Mitch tonight, which was ridiculous behind his head. Like that was a great was pass. Cool. Yeah. But like he just played well. He should have played more. And like. I love quick. This was a perfect night where it's like, Hey, quick. I love you, but you don't got it tonight. It's a perfect right. night to do that. And I have no problem with that. Like, and, and I feel like this is what people don't get when like, yeah, I criticized Tibbs in general when he was not playing quickly, when he was like clearly a better option because he was not playing him. But like on an, like in an individual game basis, if somebody doesn't have it, I have no problem with him being like, Hey, you don't have it tonight. Let me play another guy yeah. over you. That's fine. That's fine. That's what coaching is. That that yep. is what coaching is. Um, and, and this is and again, like I don't think either of us is saying this. Like this isn't to say if he had done that, that like the the Knicks would have automatically won the game. I don't. I don't know. I have no con. I have no idea if they would have won it. But like I know that Quick didn't have it tonight. I know that. I knew that when he was zero for eight. I knew that when he was zero for nine. You know, like I knew that. So why was he still out there? I don't know. I don't know. Um, and maybe that's a credit to Tibbs. Like, hey, look, who knows? He made that three. It was 115, 113. If they get a stop, maybe they come down. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, we can debate this all night. This, we have no idea. But um, they didn't get it done. Not, And that's just not on Tibbs. That's on the players. That's on Randall, like you mentioned. That's on anybody. Like, that's on all these guys. They didn't get it done tonight. Um, and they got to go back to the drawing board. And they got to figure out how to do it. Because you know what? Brunson, look, he played the first half tonight. He was really good. He would 19 points on like 13 shots or something. Um, he was really good in the first half. He was probably the only guy that you could say coming out of that first half. You'd been like, yep, he played a really good game. He played a really good game. If well, they don't Josh have, Hart. Yeah, and Josh Hart. If they don't have him for the, this weekend, it doesn't really matter what we're talking about here. Like, they got to find a way. They got to find a way to get one win. They have to. They got to battle. They got to scrap. And I'll say this. I will say this. When Mitch came back, what was our big thing? Oh, my God. Our defense is going to take this massive leap. When is that happening? When is the, when is the defensive leap? I'm, I'm still waiting for it. Because the defensive leap is supposed to happen. And I'm not. that's not on Mitch, by the way. To me, that's not on Mitch. That's on the rest of these guys. When Mitch comes back, that doesn't mean you get to fucking take the night off. That's not what that means. That means you keep getting to do what you do, and Mitch compounds that. He exacerbates how good your defense is. And they haven't done that. Yeah. I, I think they've I think I and I'll I wanna be I want to be very clear here. I am not saying this to shit on Randall at all. Because I think Randall has given us a lot this year. I mean, I, I don't know how many minutes he's played this year, but it's up there. We talked about this when when Mitch was out. I talked about this with you. We're like, I was truly like, wow, Randall's defense in Mitch's absence has been amazing. He stepped it up really, like tremendously, has stepped it up. 
And since Randall has come back, or since Mitch has come back, I think Randall has been like, I have more leeway. Can like take a little more naps. Like, no, no. I would rather him take a nap on offense than like Mitch is back. Great. Let's see it. Let's see the top five defense that I thought we were going to see. Let's see that. I need to see that. Um, Cause I haven't seen it yet. And uh, I, yeah, that's just how I feel. I just want to, I just want to say regarding the Randall minutes, I think we're really getting a feel for how much different the leverage of minutes that Knicks players play compared to the rest of the league. Like Jason Tatum's averaging more minutes a game than Julius Randall. You can't convince me that Jason Tatum has consistently played the leverage and taxing of minutes that Julius Randle has. You just can't because there's less fluctuation in the minutes that Randle plays than Jason Tatum plays. Like Julius Randle is averaging 36 minutes a game. Jason Tatum's averaging 37. I, I would just, I, I'd be willing to bet a decent amount that Julius Randle has a much higher floor and lower ceiling for his minutes. Like like Tatum's total is brought up by, you know, a couple games where he's played just like huge minutes, but like, I bet Tatum has like DNPs in there. I bet Tatum has some 25 minute nights, you know, that we never see from Tit. Like no matter what Randall does, he's playing the entire fourth quarter, except for a few times when we've had blowouts to the point where we've been able to, you know, get him out with two, three minutes left. But like, Randall's minutes floor. What, what do you think? Like, I'll look it up right now. What do you think the least amount of minutes Julius Randall's played this season is in a game? He in a game because we know he's finished every game, or he's you know it's not like he's left a game early like Brunson did. Right? Well, if you had to guess, do you think he's played less than twenty five minutes once this year? No, I would guess his lowest minutes load was thirty one. Well, interestingly enough, he played 25, 25 minutes, 27 seconds, second game of the year. Man, how did I do that? I nailed it with 25. Um, what game was he's that? played in the 20s. Let's see. One, two, three, four. Well, 29.57. Fuck that. Five. Man, that's it. He's playing the. He's played in the 20s five times this season. That's how crazy. How many times has Tatum played in the 20s? That's a real Let's question. That is, that is a good question. You're a hypothesis. I, I will be I will be absolutely shocked if it's not more. What? I mean, I, I would be surprised too. And like it honestly doesn't really matter because there are games where like he's brought him back in and you're like, well, why is he back in right now? Yep. We've seen that in a few games recently, like that Brooklyn game, we're up like 25, and you're like, well, why is he coming back in right now? And like, you know, again, I, I don't, those aren't high leverage minutes, but it's also just like, why are you even playing right now? Um, you know, and, and I, Tatum, Tatum's five too. Touche. Well, Man, his, his minutes are actually kind of wild. So I guess Tatum was a bad example because this is like just going through it. Like he's definitely played in the forties more than Randall. So I was just off base here. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I I I don't really I don't actually don't have a huge problem with like the minutes load overall of Randall. What I have a problem with is more like situational stuff. Like not even tonight. Tonight was okay. Like 
you know, he goes, it was 96-96, then the Kings pushed their lead out back, back out to seven at uh, 103-96. He brings Randall back in. I'm fine with that. Yeah. What I'm more annoyed by are, like, situations where it's like, like the Charlotte game, where it's like, well, why are you pulling Obi right now for Randall? Where it's like, you push the lead out, the lead is still eight. What do you need Randall for here on a night that Randall didn't have it? Tonight was also a night where Randall didn't quite have it, but Randall, like, like, I'll, I'll, like you got to give Randall this credit. Is like he finds this like gear to just like summon an ability to produce, and he did that in the fourth quarter tonight. He was awesome the fourth tonight. Um, but before the fourth quarter tonight, I thought he was really like he struggled. He really struggled tonight. Um, yeah. and I don't know, like we're going to play the, the Clippers at 4 PM, 1 PM East or 1 PM Western time on Saturday. Like to me, I watch, I watched Randall tonight. I watched quickly tonight. I watched RJ tonight. Those guys still look to me like guys that are feeling the after effects of the game they played last Sunday. That's not to make an excuse for them. I don't, it's not an excuse. Like you play bad, you play well, whatever. Like I'm not making an excuse for them, but that's the reality. If Brunson isn't going to play on Saturday, you you just, I don't know. I I hope that like their legs are back because none of those guys to me look like they had their legs underneath them. Um, And like, you know, when they're driving, it's one thing, but you could see on the threes, like some of those threes tonight, there were such ugly misses, especially from quickly. But RJ too, they're hideous misses, uh, and and even last game, like all three of those guys had some ugly, ugly misses from three. And you're like, why would you all of a sudden be bricking like this from three when you've been shooting well, especially quickly and and Randall? Like, what? Why? I mean, there's no way to know. Like, is it because they played all these minutes on Sunday against Celtics? I don't know. Doesn't help the. It doesn't. Doesn't mean it's not true, but it doesn't mean it is true. Um. But, again. but this is what this I, I guess this is I just want to hop in here like Boston sat everyone after that game like this is just the difference in philosophy Brunson's coming off a foot injury and plays the first 12 minutes of his game back and then plays 19 minutes in the first half like I guess that's what I meant by like the leverage of the minutes is like if you're playing if you're healthy enough to play you're playing your full role for this team and that's just a really hard thing to do over an 82 game season. Like there also, needs to be a little bit more fluctuation. These guys are, I feel like they're all feeling it, especially like Randall Randall. If anybody has an excuse, he hasn't missed a game this year. That's, that's insane. Yeah. And, and I'll say this. Um, we've talked about this before. I'll, I'll, I can pull up the steps right now, but like one of the things that has struck me is like, before we got Josh Hart, thank God we got Josh Hart, by the way. This is not a criticism of Josh Hart in the slightest. Please don't take it like that. If anybody takes it like that, I don't know what to tell you. Um, but, like, the Emmanuel quickly, the Deuce McBride, the Quentin Grimes minutes, okay? Those three guys together. So those you guys together. They have played 180 minutes together. They're plus 19 net rating. 
Emmanuel quickly with Quentin Grimes together. 558 minutes together. 6.5 net rating. Emmanuel quickly and Deuce McBride with no Quentin Grimes on the floor. That's a 5.6 net rating. Like, we've seen less of those minutes. Like, tonight. Tonight was a perfect night to just roll with some of that stuff in the second half. And we didn't do it. And... Again, this is not a Josh Hart was awesome tonight. He was probably the best. He was the best Knicks player tonight. He was awesome. He's probably like the main reason they they made a charge back into the game. He was amazing tonight. But it's like just because he's amazing doesn't mean you have to toss away some of this other stuff. And like that's kind of been my main concern with what I've seen in the last four or five games, where it's like I'm really happy we got Josh Hart. I don't think we need that. That means we need to like abandon some other stuff. Um, I know it's not quite clear, but it's like, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. You're, you're worried. You're, you're 7% worried that Tibbs is going to sort of turn Josh Harden to Alec Burks, like really good player, but Oh God, are we kind of annoyed at how he's using him? I mean, I'm already, we saw it tonight. Like hit the first sub he made in the second half was he brought in Josh Hart and, Isaiah Arnstein. And again, like, you know, that was the first time he did in the first half too. Is that what you meant? Yeah. I mean, it's the first time he made Quick, in both halves. Quickly was the eighth man tonight. Yeah. And I, again, I know that quickly didn't have the time. And like, look, maybe, maybe, maybe he knew that quickly was still feeling it and he didn't want to put him in that situation. That's possible. We'll see. Um, But, I I don't totally believe that, obviously. Um, and I'm a little bit worried about that because I don't know what Josh Hart... Like, I don't think Josh Hart has done enough in his time here. I know this is crazy because he's probably got, like, a plus 70 billion net rating. Like, I have a problem with that. I do have a problem with that for a variety of reasons because I think, like, I actually think our best lineup involves Hart, Quick, and Brunson. It is what it is. We'll see what happens. It doesn't, but Tibbs clearly thinks that too, right? I don't know if it's like, clear. Don't, don't you think that Tibbs thinks the best lineup is Brunson, Quickly, Hart, Randall, Mitch? To me, that, that seems pretty clear right now. That's It's been the lineup he's closed with the most often since we've traded for Hart. He's closing first halves with that. Like To me, I feel like he... I think he believes Hart is definitely in the best closing lineup. I'll put it that way. Yeah, 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 that's that's definitely true. I agree with that. Um, I'm not sure quick he, is as automatic. Yeah, no, that's fair because he did. Uh, he went to RJ against Miami. He and that was which is fine. I have no problem with that. I got no problem with that. But Hart, like, like you talked about, like, I love Hart. I think he does things defensively that nobody else in this team does. Literally nobody, nobody. Like he made fucking like 10 plays tonight defensively on the glass and nobody else in the team can do. So I get that part of it. But when you're chasing a game and you need offense, like, yeah, I'm sorry. Like you got to consider some other shit. And if you yeah. cannot, that's a problem. Like if you're just so in love with Josh Hart, where you're just ignoring the fact that like he gets like three kickout passes for threes and he's just like, I'm going to drive again. Like, I don't know. I'm sorry. That's a problem. Yeah, I, I made kind of like a weird face when you say you don't have a problem with it. I just want to be clear. 
I don't have a problem with him putting RJ back in, but I find RJ and Hart at the two, three, like almost a non-starter, like of all the combinations of Grimes, RJ, Hart, and quickly, that's by far the worst to me just because of the shooting. Uh, it depends on the, on the, on the opponent to me, but offensively, yeah, it's rough. I'll put it. Yeah, I agree. Um, and like, look, like to bring this back to Grimes, think about all the factors that were in like lining up like dominoes for him to close this game. No Jalen Brunson quickly, literally having the worst game of his season. OK, there's two right there. RJ, honestly, not that far behind. Like, again, I know I know you say we said he finished 25 points on nine and 23 shooting, but like he was two of 12 and like, I mean, the, he was nine. He had 25 points on nine and 23 shooting because partially because he had two garbage time layups that were like, I don't know why he, we were going for two in either of those spots. The first one was fine. The second one was just like, what are are we doing here? Just punting the game, the equity of the game. Um, And and, and I've seen that for multiple times. Oh, whatever. I want to get into that. Yeah. So so anyways, to go back. That's not not an RJ thing to me, by the way. Just, yeah. 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 It's just, it's, it's, um, so you've got quickly bad Brunson not playing and RJ, you know, I mean, I, RJ was better than quickly, but RJ wasn't good either. There's just no reason for Grimes to not be on the court the last five minutes. And if he can't get on the court in the last five minutes of this game, let's be honest, he's not playing the last five minutes of it. Or the, he's not playing the fourth quarter because he plays like the entire third Harden quickly come in. And then apparently either Tibbs is going to reinsert RJ you know, for a third shift at the end of the fourth quarter, or he's just going to keep quickly and hard out there. And like me and you are two of quickly's biggest fans and we both love Josh Hart, but Quentin Grimes is the best pure shooter of the four guys. He's probably the best or in the discussion for the best point of attack defender of the four guys to basically just say like, Oh, well, I like, you know, Josh Hart's size and you know, I, I trust quick now that's not like good enough for me. That's Grimes has to be in the running to earn some closing minutes. And it's worrisome if, if he, if he didn't earn those tonight, I don't know when he earns them. I don't know how it's possible. I don't think he's going to earn them. Not this year. That like, that's just what I think. Like, I, I don't see it happening this year. Um, So, you know, we didn't have heart last time we played the Clippers. We didn't have Hart the last time we played the Lakers. Um, we'll see how it gets managed. Um, I don't know. Tonight, th- this loss actually in and of itself doesn't bother me that much. I didn't think they were going to win this game. Even with Brunson healthy, I didn't think they were going to win this game. And I don't think it's like – like you. I don't think you can – I don't think you can be like, well – we lost by five. If Brunson had played, we would have won by like one. Like, I don't think that's how it works. Yeah. Um, so I don't care about that. But like, I want to see how this team bounces back on Saturday because it's a quick bounce back. You get a full day tomorrow, but they're back at it basically at 1 p.m. their time. They're on the West Coast now. Like, they're 1 p.m. that time. They're getting the tip off. Um, they need a big performance from Randall. And more importantly, they need they not even a big they need quickly to play like he had been playing for the last three months before the last couple of games. That's what they need. They need him to get like get back to the level. 
And at some point, I don't care what anybody says to me. I don't care what fucking Tommy D wants to quote to me and think I'm, oh, you got to be objective. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I think I'm being objective when I talk about RJ. And I think, like, he has not played to the level I expected of him this year. Um, and I he played fine tonight. And I actually, I'll say this. Since the, since the All-Star break, I think his defense has been fine. I think his defense was pretty good tonight. I thought his defense was pretty solid tonight. I thought the team's defense tonight was pretty solid. Like, the Kings are... They're the best offensive team in the league by offensive rating. Like they're really a nightmare to match up against. I thought the Knicks defense was fine tonight. I had no problem with the Knicks defense tonight. The Knicks lost the game because they couldn't make shots. That's it. They're really like we can sit here and talk about anything else, rotations, this thing that they didn't. It, it maybe they would have won if Quentin had taken more shots than quickly because he got put in the game for it quickly or like whatever. We can talk about that. But they lost the game tonight because they didn't make enough open shots. They didn't lose the game tonight because of defense. The defense tonight was, if they play defense like they played tonight consistently, they'll be fine. They'll be fucking fine. Um, But they got to do it. And they have not done that consistently. And at the start of this game, I didn't like that. Like the, the first like 10 minutes of the game, I didn't like their defense. They were not getting into anybody. They didn't make the Kings feel them. They were letting the Kings get into the paint at will. This has been too consistent of a theme recently of like, and they got away with it when they were just on fire for a while. Like it didn't matter that their defense wasn't that good because their offense was that good. But like they've got to get back to that level of like, hey, look, they got they gotta like earn these points. They got they've got to earn these points and they've got to earn getting into the paint. And we're gonna play a team on Saturday, the Clippers, that has power wings in Kawhi and Paul George. And they can go five out. Their five out lineup kind of sucks, to be honest, but they can go five out. Um, like they've got to fucking play that team with force and they've got to meet that force from the jump. Not like like tonight, they did not exactly meet that force in the jump. I don't think they mailed it in. I don't think they like came in like, you know, soft or like they didn't care, but I don't think they played with the same force the Kings would to start the game the Kings did to start the game. And I thought that was basically the margin of the game. Yeah. Um, I agree with you that I would even go a step further. I think RJ's defense since the all-star break has been really good. I agree. Um, yeah. I, agree. I, I, I think he's doing things that he, he he's made. Uh, there's this play against the Celtics. That's just stuck with me. Um, he, uh, excuse me, not the Celtics. Um, Wait, was it Celtics? Yeah, yeah, it was the Celtics. He uh he show and show and recovered, which is something you see quickly. Yeah, he dug he dug he dug down on Horford at the elbow and then he showed back out to the shooter. Yeah, and he got a steal. And like, I mean, if you look at all of uh if you look at RJ's like steal and block numbers, they're like pathetically low for somebody his size. Like in his career, he just doesn't get steals or blocks, and like he should get more because he's big and but he doesn't get them. Um and look. RJ has always been that type of guy just because of how he views himself that you believe in him, like getting up for these like star matchups, but him doing the little things like that, like playing off the ball and helping, helping when his teammate gets beat, that's the stuff you want to see. Um, so I say, I'll say that I'm not 
what I'm about to say isn't like an overall criticism. I, I think he's been really good since the All-Star break. I didn't love his defense tonight. Uh, I'm not as high on it as you were. I thought he was bad getting around screens. I thought he was clearly the Knicks weak link in terms of that Sabonis dribble handoff. I thought they attacked him. If you look, if you well, go that's, through the that's numbers, why, that's that's why they put quickly on on um, Red Velvet in the second half. Yeah, um, but like I just and also like, and like, like I just want to say this: Herner made like three or four shots that are just like okay, dude. Like yeah, if you're gonna make those, what the fuck am I gonna do? Can't do it. Hundred percent. Um, and, and, and I'll say this: and I'll say this finally: like the Knicks need Quentin Grimes to become that type of shooter. They need him to become that type of shooter. Like every offense in the NBA that is an elite offense, a truly elite offense needs a guy that operates like that type of shooter. And Quentin Grimes is the one guy the Knicks have that has that type of skill set and has that type of release point. He has to become that guy. That's the bet they made. That is why they didn't want to put him in Donovan Mitchell trade talks. That's why. He has to become that guy. That's it. That's all I want to say. Yeah. Um, I 100% agree. And with his release point and the peak he has, like, he absolutely can. He's just got to keep working on it. And I did like, I, I will say, I did like that, especially as he got going, there were no, like, uh, there were no lulls in how involved Quentin Grimes was in the offense when he was on the court. They ran, I mean, they ran more dribble handoffs between him and Randall tonight than they have in like the last 20 games. Um, I would say in the first half, they did not do a good job of getting Quentin Grimes involved. I, especially the first quarter. After that, they did a much better job. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's a different conversation, but I'm the results show. I'm I'm alone on the the whole Jalen Brunson, like, just the whole Jalen Brunson conversation honestly drives me crazy. Like Jalen Brunson had to play today. Jalen Brunson had to play today. He drove in. He had Grimes absolutely fucking wide open on the left wing top of the key area. He was driving left. He had him absolutely fucking wide open because Grimes' man was helping off of him on Brunson's drive. And instead of kicking to him, he passed to Randall in the corner, whose man was like right on him, basically. And that was a play that drove me fucking nuts. Because I'm just like, I mean, what are you reading there? That That's not you reading the floor. That's you just being like, I want to get Julius involved. And I'm fine with, like, I get it. You got to get Julius involved. You have, like, they have to make it way more of a priority to get Grimes involved. Grimes is so uninvolved offensively. He has halves when he'll touch the ball like two times a game. What the fuck? Like, I'm sorry. Like, when people talk about his percentages, oh, he's only. And I'm, I, I want to make this very clear. I know, like, uh, Ace Bouchard, friend of the pod, KFS contributor, not shitting him at all. He and he actually even mentioned this in in the thread he did, but he he broke down like wide open. Oh, uh, do you mean do you mean Zula? Yeah, yeah, Ace Zula. Like he he. He put out a he, he had a thread of like okay he broke down Grimes's three point attempts by like how open he is so it's like tightly contested open wide open whatever okay and his his tightly contested shots this year are like way lower and and he even mentioned this in his start where he's like well maybe you know it's possible that like him not touching the ball affects his like percentages and like 
it does affect his percent. It affects everybody's percentages. Like there are so few guys. Like this is what makes it so hard to play with guys like Harden when he was in Houston or Luca right now, where it's like there's so few guys that can just stay so locked in. Where it's like if they touch the ball seven times a game, they'll put up six threes and they'll shoot them at a high clip. Like that is such a hard thing to do when you don't feel the ball. It's so hard to just like get it and shoot it effectively. It's such a hard thing to do. It is such a hard thing to do. And I'll I'll say this to anybody. It's not just Grimes. It could be anybody on any on any team. I've always thought this. Like it is such a hard thing to do. So the Grimes percentages to me don't matter. They have got to make it. Not just you know this is not like on Tib Soli. This is on the entire team because there are times where they're driving kick opportunities just. Grimes open the corner and nobody can't like you have got to make it a priority to get him involved because you know what? If he makes two threes early in the game, that opens up the floor. It opens up the floor so much for all of them. And until they incorporate him effectively, this offense, it will still be effective because they have found this like disgusting, um, medieval way of like bludgeoning their way to offensive success. And I'm not saying that like as an insult, by the way, I think it's actually pretty awesome that they've like gamed the system in a way. Um, but like, you're going to get to the playoffs. You need to trust guys to knock down shots. He's one of those guys. Trust him. Let him do but it. Th- this is, this is why the whole Brunson conversation just frustrates the hell out of me because like, I mean, Sam Angoni was doing it tonight. Like, oh, this is where they miss Brunson. They need a point guard. They need. I, I wanted to punch him in the face in that shit, man. And it's like, dude, like, did you not watch? They were de- like, I, I sometimes I feel like people don't pay attention. Like, why do we keep doing this thing where we stand on other Knicks shoulders to elevate Brunson? It's like Brunson's a really fucking good basketball player. That's why they miss Jalen Brunson. But like this idea that he's this like master organizer. Like, in my opinion. The, the Knicks actually run a more democratic offense when Quickly's running the show than when Brunson is. And part of that is because Brunson's a better scorer than Quickly. So it should be, you know, less, uh, uh, like, equitable, I guess, is the word I'm thinking. Um, but the other reason is because Tibbs's offense, as simple as it is, is a read and react offense. And when Brunson gets to his spots... He is reading and reacting, and oftentimes the best read is for him to shoot because they don't – the defense doesn't collapse around Brunson the way it does, like, RJ. Um, and so I just – And just to be clear, you're not you're, – I, I know this. I just want to be very clear. Like, you're not saying that RJ is a better offensive player than Brunson. No, of than course Brunson not. Yeah. yeah, of course you're, not. You're, you're, you're just specifically talking about, like, how defenses react to how they drive, correct? Absolutely. Yeah, of course. Brunson's a much better right now. Brunson's a much better offensive player than RJ. That's not even close to me, but it's sometimes different. Like, okay. An exaggerated example I would use is you would agree that, you know, the 2016, 2017 Cavs, LeBron was a better offensive player than Kyrie Irving, right? Yes. Okay. By people's logic, Kyrie never should have initiated a possession because, oh, any possession Kyrie initiated, LeBron 
could have just initiated. LeBron's a better offensive player. But that's not how basketball works. You need to throw different looks. You need to capitalize on different people's skill sets, even if in a vacuum one is a worse offensive player. And the one thing that RJ does really well right now offensively, and I'm not saying he only does one thing, but like his best skill is actually something that he does better than Jalen Brunson and is really valuable to this offense because it creates a more equal, like it it disperses the touches better because RJ forces that collapse, which allows for when he's playing right, more kickouts, more ball movements. It gets what you're talking about. Jalen Quentin Grimes gets to touch the ball more. He gets more involved in the action. Jalen Brunson, when he's at his best right now in the Knicks, I've seen it all season long. He's scoring really well. And that's like, it's not a criticism, man. That's just the type of basketball player he is right now. This idea that he's like a master organizer, that he's all oh, like when somebody needs the ball, he gets it to them. That's not, what are people watching? Like, I don't understand. Well, like that, that's, that's, all, that's also, that's also like specifically why he's so good in crunch time. Cause in yeah, crunch time, of course. because in crunch time, like, and this is where I actually kind of like, like, I don't agree with the idea of last year where it's like, well, how can you expect tips to do any better? He doesn't have a point guard. I don't agree with that. Um, but I do agree with the idea that like, you do need like a good, like three level score in crunch yep. time to be, to be consistently good in crunch time. You need a good three level scorer. And I do think like Jalen Brunson has that skill set, which no other Nick has. Uh, and like, dude, that, that fucking, that fucking Randall possession. So one thirteen, one seventeen. Yeah. we get a timeout. It's like, I don't even put that on Randall, by the way. Like that to me is totally just like a, a Tibbs thing where it's like, even if you want to get an ISO for Randall, why are you getting him an ISO just to like get it to him at the top of the key? Like that's such a shitty place for him to get an ISO. Anyway, the point is um, like Brunson is capable of taking those possessions and turning, turning, sorry, turning chicken shit into chicken salad. Right. Like yep. he he's that good at that. He's he's that good at like he, he's one of the best mid range scorers in the NBA. So it's like in crunch time when teams are they're locking down. They're not letting you get to the rim. You're and not even if, even if you get to the rim, you're not going to get a foul call because that's just how it works. Like you're just not going to get a fucking foul call. Um, And this is not a great three point shooting team. So he's not kicking out to like lock, like, you know, fucking clay and Steph, right? Like he's kicking out to Quentin Grimes and RJ Barrett. You need a guy like that. So I, I, I'm totally with the idea of like, it gives, it gives Tibbs a way better balance. What I am against is the idea that like, well, without him, they can't run any good crunch time offense. I'm like, no, you can. It just, you can't just run like straight ISOs for somebody. You can't just run like, elbow isos for player x or telegraph pistol action for player y like you you have to maybe me be a little bit more egalitarian than that a little bit more disguised a little bit more creative and i don't think tibbs is the guy that that does that um he did it at the end of the celtics game they were running multi-action screen rolls for quickly that you know created like i'm not i'm not acting like he's fucking you know, the Warriors beauty or Spurs beautiful offense, but it was more than what we saw tonight. I think he was running them. I also think that Randall was trusting quickly. That's what yeah, I that's fair. That's a good point. I don't um, know if that was so much like Tibbs doing it as much as it was like, hey, you have this option. 
and Randall was like, I'm gonna trust you tonight. Yeah. Um which is fine. Like I like I, I think if you put that on a player, there are gonna be nights where you trust a guy and there are night there are nights going to, and, and to be fair to him, I wanted to trust it quickly tonight. So I'm fine with that. And and yeah. to be even more fair, it's not like they were running a bunch of plays too quickly then in the game. So it's not like he was the one that was causing issues down the stretch. He was wide open on some of those threes. They kicked it to him on a couple. He made one. He missed another. Okay. Yep. Like, it, it wasn't like a huge thing. I, I'm not going to criticize Tibbs or, or Randall or anybody for that. But what, like, I do think is a is an issue is where you don't fully leverage the capacity of, like, the players you have. And, um, you know, I, I'll, I know as good as they, I, my, my fundamental feeling is as good as they've been offensively, this year, a lot of that has to do with ugly, brutal, kind of like money ball level, ruthlessly hunting efficiency things. Like, oh, offensive rebounding is an underrated metric. We're gonna be a great yeah. offensive rebounding team. Like, oh, we're not gonna we're we're not gonna pass the ball. You know why? Because a, like if you pass the ball a bunch, you might risk turnovers. And we value getting shots up because we are an elite offensive rebounding team. I think there's something to be said about like the value of that stuff, but ultimately I think when it comes to the playoffs, that's not enough. It's not enough to just individually isolate stuff like that and be efficient in very, very specific ways. I think you need to be diverse and I don't think the Knicks have developed any diversity offensively in the regular season. Um, and I truly that's, believe that's that we'll... it's thing in general. Like, yeah, it's not, and, and it's, it's not just offensive schemes, it's rotations. It's Tibbs has always been a hammer nail guy, you know. Like, he his answer, his plan B is do plan A better, <laughs> right? And, and so, like, look, I, I don't even want to, I, I don't even like talking about this anymore because it's like the Knicks have won a bunch of games, they've been a lot more successful than most people thought, myself included. Um, and so I don't really like harping on this at all. Um, but I've maintained throughout the season as well as I think Tibbs has adjusted in various spots. And I do think he's done a really good job this year. I'm waiting for the playoffs. I want to see how he adapts in a playoff series. I want to see how he adjusts. And if he doesn't adjust, then I'll have my answer. That's it. That's really all it is. Like I, I don't have any deep thoughts about Tibbs anymore beyond that because I've made my thoughts about Tibbs evidently clear. I respect the job he's done this this season a lot. Um, I think it's it's an underrated value as a coach to keep players engaged and keep them committed to the same common goal. And he does a really good job of that. He's clearly done a good job of that this year. But long term, yeah, I need more than that. That's where I stand. Yeah, hundred percent. Um... I just wanted to add, uh, this is, you know, a couple of minutes late, but you were talking about Jalen Brunson down the stretch of games. One other aspect of it you didn't mention that makes him so valuable down the stretch of these games is his scoring is incredibly low variance. Um, and so, like... Because he's a great mid-range yeah, scorer. Right. And when that's, you're that's, like... That, that is, and I just want to say this real quick. This is why, like, the idea of, like... There's this weird, idiotic conversation that always happens of, like, oh... Like there's like this weird thing where like nerds will go over the top being like mid range scoring doesn't matter at all, and there's other thing where like I test guys who are like no mid range scoring will always be the most important thing, and it's like 
I actually think mid-range scoring is kind of like the most important thing, but I think it's the most important thing because in the playoffs, all your other options get shut out mm-hmm. and you need somebody that can operate in those areas. And yep. that's why to me, like the best players, the greatest players are always, especially in the modern NBA, which I would say is some, sometime between like when Jordan ascended to championship level carrier to now are these wings because wings yep. have the ultimate, like they, they've got the clearest signal for mid range to, to get off their shots. Um, but that's why to me, like Kawhi, when he's right, is the guy because he is the best mid range scorer. He is the purest yep. mid range scorer. Um, and that's why like, like that's why, and to go to your code, to go back to what you were talking about, like that's why Brunson to me is like, deadly at the end of games because you can shut off his his at the rim stuff and he's obviously an elite at the rim scorer which is hilarious because he's six one he's probably yeah. like six foot to be honest um and like you can cut off his pull-up three which has now become a total weapon you can never cut off all three levels you're gonna have to give him something and he can get to his mid-range spots and he's deadly absolutely deadly from the mid-range and that's why he's been such a like savior for us in a lot of ways the end of games sorry i didn't mean to interrupt you no you're good you basically said what i was gonna say i mean then this is a separate rant entirely but you you brought it up and whatever we're an hour into this thing the analytics nerds don't actually understand like the an nba game is about winning it's not about ev uh which yeah you know you're out there and you don't know what that is it means expected value um so like if the Knicks are up eight with four minutes left um, and they could either get a 45% two or a, I don't know, a, a 30% three, like EV tells you that those shots have the same expected value. You know, they're both 0.9 points per possession. Mm-hmm. And then the analytics nerds would say, yeah, well, you know, three pointers actually offensive rebounded more. So it's actually the slightly more valuable shot. But when you're up eight with four minutes left, scoring 45% of the time as opposed to scoring 30% of the time probably helps, you win, probably helps your win EV more than the small points expectation that, you know, that, that shooting the three does. And so that's always been lost on like when they talk about these things. And that's why the mid range is so important is because reducing variance when you have a lead is incredibly important. Um, when you're a bad team, like it's always baffled me that 16 seeds, when they play in the 16, one matchup in the NCAA tournament, they just go out there and like, try to outplay the one seed their own way. And it's like, you're not going to beat them playing their way. Like you have to try to up the variance as much as possible, or you're going to get crushed. Um, yeah. When you're a bad team and you're losing upping the variance, shooting a bunch of threes, that stuff's good. But when you're playing a bunch of close games, when you're a good team, having a high floor possession to po- from a, on a possession to possession basis, that's incredibly valuable. And that's why Jalen Brunson is the Knicks closer. And that's why he's probably their most important player. So, like, I don't want it to get confused and make it seem like I'm de-emphasizing Jalen Brunson. I think he's incredibly good and incredibly important. I just hate all the other stuff that comes with talking about him. Like, like the Knicks are lost without him, as if they're not actually – well, there was this whole thing at the start of the year when they were like 10 and 13, where it was like, oh, well, how many games do they have won if they didn't have Jalen Brunson? It was like, they would have won two games. And I'm like, 
that's not fucking how it works. Like that's just yeah, not, how, it not how it works at all. Oh my god! And and it was it's always been such a ridiculous exaggeration too, because like, what? Well, no, it, it all it all it all it all predicated on like devaluing the rest of the talent. Yep. To like elevate him, which is it's ridiculous. Um, and to, and, and to and and it was meant to give Tibbs a pass. Like yeah, if, you ele- if, you, if you elevate Brunson and make him super important, then last year wasn't actually on Tibbs. The teams was just bad, you know. Right. And, and I think so- I think, and I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, their record now in games that Brunson hasn't started, they're about like 500. So they are they are 500. They're better um, with him. They're better with him off the court. Like, what are we doing here? Like, again, yeah, and, and obviously, she- and at, yeah, and obviously, I want to be very clear. I don't think either of us thinks like. I think the on-off stuff with him is really skewed because of that weird-ass start to the year with like the idiotic, like you know, Fournier, like all that stuff was weird. Like, there's a lot of weird stuff going on throughout the year. And quickly, um, his direct backup, which is unfair. Right. Right. So I don't it's actually like, think they're better without Jalen Brunson. I want to make that clear. <laughs> yeah. But it's like it's like the idea that they would just be this like bottom feeding team without Jalen Brunson to me right. is not just a bit much. It's like factually incorrect. And I think it's I think we saw it's factually incorrect incorrect at the end of last season where we were like we played our best ball once we got rid of the guys that people were like, Well, what do you want Tibbs to do? He's gotta start these guys. I'm like, does he? Are we sure he needs right. to like are we sure he needs to play these guys all these minutes? Like, I don't think so. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know. Um, I, I'm not, I, I want to be very clear. Like, I'm pissed they lost tonight, but I'm also like of the opinion that they lost tonight mostly because they just couldn't knock down shots. We can sit here and talk about rotations, lineups, sub, sub patterns, not going five out, whatever. All that stuff is relevant to the conversation. They didn't win tonight because these guys couldn't make down shots. And and I'll say this. If you want to say that that's because of Tibbs overplaying guys on Sunday and not getting them out, like, fine, you can have that conversation. I don't I don't particularly like doing that because I don't know. Like I'm not a doctor. I I fundamentally don't like assigning that's that value. I assume like the like whatever. I don't like doing that. Um I, I do believe it had a, it had something to do with it, but I think it had more to do with lo- them losing to Charlotte than I think it had to them had to do with them losing tonight. Tonight looked to me like a team that was first game on a West Coast West Coast trip, getting their legs underneath them, and then just lost their starting point guard to start the second half and were playing catch up the rest of the way. They never gave up. I thought they fought the entire way. Even when they were getting their ass kicked in the first half, I thought they were fighting the entire way. Um, and I can deal with that. Like, I can live with a team like this that is fighting every night. But guess what? Can you guys please fight and get one win this weekend? That would help yeah, a lot. Maybe. I mean... That would be nice. Because, like, even the Portland game, like, they lose both games in L.A. And then they they go to Portland for a 10 p.m. game Tuesday night. Shit, man. It's, like it's like Dame just like Dame. Yeah. Dame's on one right now. I need Dame to get hurt. Sorry, Dame. I love you. But if you wanted to sprain your ankle, it'd be a good time. All right. Not like seriously hurt. Just like do the yeah. have the have the RJ thing happen. Like a paper cut on his finger that caused him to miss one game. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like like a non a non debilitating long term injury would be great. Right. 
like you just, break just like you you know you you fucking sprain your index finger on your right hand you can't play it'd be <laughs> great i mean that, that I'll, I'll say that like you say you say one one the next two shit man maybe maybe we just gotta i mean maybe we just gotta hope for one and two in the next three because i mean obviously it depends how it goes but if they go zero and three to finish the road trip they're off until saturday so they have three nights off before denver before Jokic comes to town and if Jokic is coming to town and the knicks fan base said three nights to talk about it and we're on a five game losing streak that's that won't be fun. All right, I'm calling right now. Knicks go. Uh, they're going to go two and one. Man, I hope you're right. You were. I mean, you were. I. You might not remember this, but when Mitch got hurt. Oh, I remember. I was, yeah, I, remember. I, I, I was like, are they even going to go like four and nine? And you were like, eh, they could just go like six and seven. Like that's easy. And you were right about that. So. Well, they ended up going like seven and like went like eight and six actually without him because he ended up missing yeah. an extra game. Um. Yeah, no, I, I think at the end of the day, you got to trust the metrics to some degree. And the mm-hmm. metrics say this team should not lose five in a row. Maybe they do. Maybe they do. But I, I promise you, even if they lost five in a row, there'll probably all be like games like this where it's like five point loss, three point loss, two point loss. Like they're not going to be blowouts. And if, guess what? If you are not losing in blowout fashion, you're going to go on a run at some point too. You're going to win a yep. bunch of close games. And that's what they've proven all year. So I'm not that worried about this team. It's an annoying loss. Be mad. Be mad. It's fine. Be mad. Be upset. I'll never tell anybody not to be upset because I get upset all the time. If anybody that listens to these podcasts, they know that. Um, <laughs> but, like, I- I'm not. I'm not. I'm just not. I- I'm I'm more upset of, like, by individual performance night, specifically quickly, my son, who let me down. He needs to go study. And uh, he needs to go earn 105 on the next exam. But, like, you know, I, I think I think they were let down by a, a few individual performances. I didn't think Mitch played well tonight. I, I thought Mitch – I love Mitch. But, like, at some point I need him to play a guy like Sabonis. And, like, there's a difference between I don't want to foul out versus I don't know how to play with physicality and not foul out. And I thought, like, I've consistently seen that difference this year. He can't – these guys that, like, want to bang down low, he doesn't know how to, like, hold his own and not foul them and stay in the game and and restrict them. That's the key. Like, he stayed in the game tonight. Did he stop Sabonis on a single possession in the post? He, I, don't think he I mean, I, I, get, I get your point. He did, but I, I get your point. <laughs> he, definitely he did, but it's – he he got fucking rocked tonight. Like I'm sorry. Yeah. Like you want to fucking be a defensive player of the year? Then fucking show me, bro. Like yeah. And you got two games. You got two games here. You're gonna be playing Zubac, who he should fucking rock. By the way, if he can't rock, like he rocked him last year. He better do it again this year. And then he's got fucking Anthony Davis or Tony Bradley or Jared Vanderbilt. Who are the fuck they played five? Who are the fuck Toronto played five? <laughs> like he's gonna be Anthony Davis. To be honest, he's gonna. That's who's gonna be on. Yeah, like, show me. That's it. Like, just, just you, you want to be that guy? You want the credit for that shit? You got your opportunity this weekend. Got a doubleheader. Show me. 
we don't even get to do the we don't even get to do the well quickly was i mean it's a joke that quickly won his minutes tonight because he was so bad but like that's how bad he was like we can't even be like oh well shocker quickly won his minutes because they won his minutes pretty much in spite of him especially on the offensive end well i mean defensively i think he was fine he was he was fine yeah, yeah, i don't no, want to say he was great he was fine he did his job always, defensively which is always his thing and like whatever and then like to be honest for the most part i thought he made like his decisions on offense were fine like he didn't make like dumbass decisions he's gonna make a fucking shot and also like to me at this point his offense needs to go beyond like i'm not making dumbass decisions no i need you to like actively create optimal yep. situations for us and he didn't do that yep. tonight he fucked up tonight um you know so, yeah, who, I agree. you know you know who i, th- you know who yeah. I think has gotten better at that uh even more so is RJ. RJ's made a couple RJ's. I feel like one small leap he's made that is going under the radar. He's gotten great at those swing, swing passes. He never hesitates on those anymore. He, he gets the ball and there's an extra pass to make. And he makes that extra pass every single time. I, maybe it stands out because Randall never makes the pass, but man, I, I swear I die a little bit on the inside every single time the ball hits Randall's hands and he just, he always needs to stop and assess the situation. It's insane. There was, I don't know if you remember, but tonight there was one, there was one thing that happened at the free throw line where TNT had a really weird angle. It was in the second half and they were showing the free throws from like way in the backcourt. And I hate when they do that, by the way. I do too. Our free throw shooter missed both. Hardenstein got the rebound. And he kicked, kicked, this is the one I was talking about. This is the one I was talking about with Grimes. Grimes was right there right next to Randall, literally right next to him. And Randall couldn't see that swing, swing pass. And it was like, he just, that's not how he operates. He's like such a skilled passer, but he doesn't operate in the sort of way. And it's he's skilled. He's skilled when he see, when he draws what he wants to draw from it. Right. He's not an instinctive passer. He's not an intuitive passer. It's different in those things. Uh, But then he makes, he made this one pass in the first half he drew the double and it was a skip pass all the way across the court to RJ in the corner. But that's, that's like, probably what he pre-decided he wanted to do. Yeah, I know. I agree with you. I'm, I, this is, I'm highlighting that you're right. It's just, that is such a high difficulty pass too. like nobody, nobody can make that pass except for like LeBron. Well, you know. And it's like, you can do that, but you can't just, <laughs> just toss it to Grimes right next to you when he's wide open. It's yeah. just, it's very frustrating. And so, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I just, I, I, maybe, maybe you haven't seen it or maybe again, maybe I'm overrating it because comparatively he does it better than Randall, which isn't a high floor, but it is something I've noticed. I, I really feel like I've noticed RJ has taken a processing leap in terms of making an extra pass on specifically those plays. He still has a ways to go in terms of making the first pass. Like when he's initiating or when he's driving, he needs to make the simple reads more. He needs to just make those passes. I mean, when was the last time we saw him make one of those one-handed skip passes to the corner when he drives? He doesn't do it ever anymore. Um, But anyways, when it comes to being on the receiving end and making just an extra pass, I really feel like he's made a little bit of a leap there, and it's it's impressed me. Yeah. I mean, um, I'm I'm – not as bullish on RJ's skip passes as you are. I'll put it that way. Um, but uh, I'm 
I'm bullish on his ability to eventually get there. I RJ is just a really frustrating player for us. I think as Knicks fans to talk about this year, um, because it feels like if he had made the leap that a lot of us wanted him to make this year, this team would already be at like 45 wins or something. Um, he hasn't. That doesn't mean he can't. But I can't also blame people that are off the bandwagon. Um, I'm still on it. I think he's still going to be a really good player. He's got to do it at some point. And it's got to stop being flashes and stuff. Like, like this is the perfect example. Like Tonight's a perfect example in the sense of, like, as shitty as quickly was tonight offensively, at no point defensively was I, like, he's costing us. Not once. Not a fucking possession. Not a single time was I, like, he's costing us. There are so many times this year where, like, RJ can be fucking cooking on offense, and I'll be like, he's burning us on defense. Absolutely. Like, he's costing us so many points. And to me, that's the difference. Is, like, one guy can have a garbage offensive game and still be, like, as shitty as quickly was tonight, at at worst, I would be like, he was probably, like, a slight negative. Right. Probably a slight. Like, if RJ isn't cooking offensively, there are nights where he is a fucking massive drain on your team. That's the difference. Now, I'm not saying that's every night. There are nights like then th- this is what makes it even more frustrating because we know that RJ has the capacity to be that type of player where like he can suck ass on offense. And he can still be like a useful and valuable player overall. But he has not shown that this year because he's just been like in his head. Or I don't know. I don't know what I don't even want to speculate on why, why it is, but it is what it is. Like he's had too many stretches this year where he's sucked ass on offense, and at the same time been a garbage defensive player. So 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 Schwinn, just to go along with your point here, I'm going to see how well you know the Knicks. So tied for second to last on the team in terms of difference between on and off court net rating. There are two players, you don't have to name them, but there are two players tied at negative 1.2 per hundred possessions. What do you think the difference between RJ who's last on the team is between his on court net rating and his on court net rating per hundred possessions? His on court is on off basically. Yeah. yeah. So like per hundred possessions, he's plus or minus minus X when he's on. Yeah, it's like minus nine or something like that. It's minus 11.2 per hundred possessions. Yeah. Like Everybody been, else basically even or a huge positive. Yeah. And he, then there's he's been terrible. <laughs> he's been terrible, like in a lot of ways. And like people that don't want to accept that, I don't know what to tell them. Like, because to, to me, I say that. I say that. And I also, at the same time, will be like, I still think that like there's a, something there like i've seen enough from him over four years or three and a half years whatever the pounding over fucking years it's been where like i i believe that i'm still i'm i'm still willing to bet on the upside because i've seen the flashes right and it's like okay can i turn those like 15 20 games into like a full season i think you can he's 22 years old you've seen it with other guys before okay fine maybe maybe the star upside superstar upside i'm very much less sold on that than I was ever before. 
Um, and as bad as quickly has been over the last few games, I still think that like quickly has the most upside out of any young player we have. I could be wrong on that too. I I'm open to being wrong on any of this stuff. I, I root for all these young players to like be to, to, to outperform what I want them to be like, whatever. I, I, I would love that. Right. Um, but with, with RJ specifically, like, you know, um, I, you know, if he played with the motor of a Josh Hart, talking about a totally different thing. But I do, I do, and I'm curious what you think about this. I do think where the disconnect is between, and let's take out the, let's take out both polarized extremes here because there's people who just hate RJ, Knicks fans who just like are convinced he sucks. And then there's Knicks fans Tyrese. who are, yeah. Yeah, and then there's Knicks fans who are convinced he's awesome. And it's like, okay, like, both of you get out of here. I do think that the disconnect between, and I think me and you are very much in line. I I mean, I wouldn't say RJ sucks, but I think the disconnect is output, pure rational output versus trying to decipher what percentage of the output is on him and what percentage of it is his role, it, all that stuff. And I think that his some of the more reasonable people who are most bearish on him are basically trying to like, they, they just don't think that he's used correctly at all. And they basically think that like, you can toss all of his output out, out the window because he's just not even being used. He's not even close to being used correctly. Yeah, I mean, I totally disagree with that. Um, I, I think that he's definitely dealing with like, some usage issues like i don't think it's a coincidence that he had one of his best games when brunson was out against boston um at the same time it's the way i think of it is this if you want to be a top one top two option you have to justify that with some level of efficiency his efficiency and and efficiency doesn't need to mean like your individual scoring efficiency can also mean like your playmaking, your decision making, the shots you create for others. He is not doing any of that at a level high enough that I feel bad about directing more offense towards a Jalen Brunson or a Julius Randle or quite frankly an Emmanuel quickly. Like I just don't. And that's on him. That's on him to change that. And he can change that because as you pointed out, like when he drives, he collapses the defense in a way that none of those guys do. Like Randall is tremendous. His shot making ability is way beyond what I think anything that RJ will probably ever be able to do, but he doesn't collapse the defense the way RJ does. And that's a totally different skill set. And that's a totally different thing. And um, it's on RJ to leverage that enough in a positive way to make that a conversation. He hasn't done that yet. Um, so that, that that's what I think. Like, I, I just don't think that RJ has done enough yet for that to be a conversation that's worthwhile. Um, hopefully he gets, if he gets it, it's great. That'd be fucking fantastic. That's exactly what I want. But he's got to fucking do it. Yeah. Um, 
All right. I <laughs> sad is a place that is to end. I think that, I mean, we're me and you, me and you have always been Schwinn. I think ever since I started Strick, I mean, we can talk ball forever. Our podcasts go on forever. You know, we, we, we could do this for forever. And I think we've kind of worn out the conversation about the game. And uh, I guess, I guess just literally quick last question I'll ask you, you say they need one of the next two, you, or you say they're going two and one over the next three. Do you think they get the Clippers game, the Lakers game, or what, 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 are, what is your projection for this weekend? What are you thinking? I think they get both. You think they get both games in LA? That's what I think, yeah. That's I love the optimism. I, I don't think, think I the Clippers, they've won what, two games in a row now? Mm-hmm. I don't think they've played very well in either of those games. Um yeah, I, think they they lost just, I think they got really lucky against Toronto, to be honest. Um, oh my God. Yeah, the refs were so bad in that game. <laughs> they were terrible in that game, and I thought they just got a lot of just – it was a weird game. I think they got really lucky in that game. They got lucky in the Memphis game too. They were down fucking, what, 28 in that game? Memphis yeah. couldn't fucking buy an open three if their life depended on that game. And then tonight they fucking shoot like they're the fucking prime warriors. Um, I think I got lucky in that game. They got what lucky. Is with, what is with the warriors on the road? This is like all-time weird. This is yes, they're 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 done. They're not winning anything this year. Um and, and they got lucky against us the garden. This feels like twenty twenty one. I think they beat us the garden. I think we get them at their spot. I'd like us against I'd like us against the, the Lakers. I, I think the Lakers they've been playing a lot better after this trades. I'm pretty sure they're not supposed to have D'Angelo Russell back by that game. Mm-hmm. Um even if they do, I don't really care. I think they've been getting a little. They've they've gotten a little bit of variance in their favor these last few games, and I think that's skewing how good they have been since the trade. They've been better. I don't think they've been as much better as their record might indicate. I feel like the luck runs out for them this weekend. I like it. I don't know. I'm going two and zero for us this weekend. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, I think. I think we're going to beat the Lakers. I think we're going to lose the Clippers. They just, there's just something weird about that team. I don't know. Um, I think we're a bad matchup for the Lakers. That's what I think. Yes, I agree. And then it just feels like a very Tibbs. It just feels like a very Tibbs thing to do. Like, you know, if we lose the Clippers, vibes will be bad. Oh, God, we've got a back-to-back. And then Tibbs just gets them to, you know, get up for a game on a back-to-back and to stop the bleeding. I feel like we're going to go. I think I'm talking myself into two and one as well. I think we're going to beat the Lakers, beat Portland, and then head back home and finally get some rest. That would be great. Yeah. All right. Um, We're going to call it. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. I really appreciate you. I wish Sam was here because he's better at this stuff than I am, but I think in the description is all the stuff regarding following us. Um, You know, we have YouTube, Instagram. If you're listening to this, give us a like and subscribe. Follow us on Instagram at the strict.land. That would be fantastic. We also have a Patreon. You know, if you want to subscribe to that, feel free. Um, yeah. Uh, what Schwinn just said, he's the pro. I'm, you know, just filling in here. 
uh, doing the best I can. But thank you to everyone who uh, stopped by or hung in there with us. Everyone who's commenting, y'all are awesome. You kept it entertaining. Um, I know I didn't do as good a job as Sam does of getting to the comments, but tried to highlight as many as I could while me and Schwinn made conversation. And until next time, everyone have a good night. Our house is a mess. Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you mean cellar. the mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. Yeah. New episodes of Fly on the Wallen drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wallen wherever you get your podcast. Yes.